This is Adventure Nannies On Air. Hey, Shenandoah. Hi, Brandy. Happy whatever day it is. Happy happy whatever day it is. That's how it feels right now. I'm so excited to talk to you today because I got to speak with one of my favorite people, Jamie Lannon, today about kind of the trauma we've all experienced through COVID and how to navigate it with our charges. And in addition to being one of your favorite people, is Jamie also a licensed clinical social worker and early childhood mental health consultant? She sure is. And she actually works for Head Start. Wow. Yeah, she works with Head Start (laughs) helping helping their programs. So she's a huge asset to this conversation, obviously. I reached out to her. Just for this, and it was kind of cool because she flipped the script on me partway through. As you mentioned, when I was asking her kind of how do we allow our, like how do we help and advise our nannies and educators to support their kids through all this, she pointed out that you have to have your own, you have to give yourself oxygen before you put the mask over the next person. Mm. And kind of just pointed out how we're all going through this crazy amount of trauma right now. So is she going to talk about how to collectively deal with our own trauma and then help kids with it or kind of concurrently Concurrently. help another person? Wow. Yeah. I need that. Yeah. I need it. Me too. While we were talking about it. Tell me. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, kids are regressing. Kids are doing this. Kids are doing that. Kids are like on potty training themselves. And she's like, yeah, you're regressing also. So your response (laughs) is not going to be great. And then I've thought about all the hilarious arguments I've had with my partner recently and all the lashing out and tantrums I've been throwing. (laughs) If only I could unpotty train myself, I probably would. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's a great reminder. I got into an argument with my partner because he ate the end of a bag of Ruffles potato chips and he did not buy new ones. <laughs> yeah. I like went to the fridge and got the French onion dip out of it, which is not something we usually have in our house. So it was like a special treat. Yeah. And then I was like, where are the ruffles? And he just kind of stared at me. Oh no. And I was like, I'm not fucking kidding around, dude. Where are the fucking ruffles? <laughs> and he was kind of like, sorry, I ate them and kind of laughed. And I was like, Here's a list of all the things I do around the house to support you and keep our household running and all the ways I always think about you every time I'm ever buying anything or doing anything and all I wanted was these one ruffles on this one day and now I don't have it and it's a symbol that you don't even care about me at all and I'm in an abusive relationship and he was just like, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes later I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm really sorry. Yeah. So. That's, Yeah. I'm excited to hear from Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) The three-year-old emotional side of Shenandoah should be all ears with this one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Enjoy. So today we have one of my favorite people on the whole planet, Jamie Lannon. Hello. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Brandy. It's so good. Thank you so much for being here with us today. This is a very important topic. Absolutely. I'm super excited to be here with you guys. So Jamie is an old friend of mine, but she does amazing work. She works for 
Denver Public Schools, can you share a little bit about your psych background with us, Jamie? Absolutely. Um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I've been in the field for about eight years now in a variety of roles, but currently I am an early childhood mental health consultant with Head Start Preschool programs in Denver, and then part-time also have a private practice that focuses mainly on children and families, but across the board as we all know that we all need some extra supports, especially right yes. now. Yes, yes. Speaking of, that is exactly why I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> Jamie and I have been chatting about how kind of traumatizing this whole past year with COVID has been and continues to be. There's so much uncertainty and I know kids are definitely feeling the stress of that and so are we yep. as childcare providers and human beings in general. Mm-hmm. And I would just love to check in with you, Jamie. I know you've always been a source of a lot of advice, great advice for me. And I wanted <laughs> you to be able to share with our nanny some like ways to frame this and just ways to think about this time coming up where they may be supporting kids who are in school. They might be out of school. The schools might be open. They might be closed. We just don't know. So where where can we even start understanding what's happening for, for kids and ourselves right now? Yeah, awesome. And such a perfect kind of framing of all of this. But I think what I've noticed and having been working this whole time, which I'm super grateful to have been able to, is also just seeing seeing this in real time, right? Like seeing mental health in real time and the way that mm. things are showing up and the ways that people are being affected by this, kids and adults and parents and ourselves. And and recognizing this is what it is. This is a collective trauma. You know, I think one of the biggest things that we should be naming is that we've never been through something like this before ever in our lives. And I think so much of what we typically do is, you know, we know what to do. We know what to do each day. We know what each day typically can bring. But with what has been happening over the last year is we don't know anything anymore. And trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, by definition, in a very, very simple way, is an unpredictable you know, event or experience that threatens our sense of safety, real or imagined, without any sense of control. And that's essentially what these last 12, you know, 12 months have really been. So viewing this first and foremost, you know, as a trauma, and then that way we can really shift Mm -hmm. the way that we can react to it in a way that builds resilience, that can start to provide some buffers as we get ready, you know, for whatever this next, whatever stage we're in now, so that we can come out of this with some, I don't know, some, some, some direction. Cause I think there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that's starting to pop up now, right? Even though we're yeah. 12 months in, I think we're starting to see a lot more. Yeah. And I'm just curious, you, you mentioned like watching trauma unfold in real time. Mm-hmm. What are some of the behaviors that kids display when they don't necessarily have the words for Yes. What's happening to them? Absolutely. I, so as I was saying, some of my, the majority of my work in my weekly day to day is with three to five year olds. And I think with them, you know, we're seeing regression and we're trying to normalize that with parents too. So a kiddo that maybe was potty trained a year ago is starting to regress big time. Emotions mm-hmm. are, you know, we know behavior is always communication. So if we're getting meltdowns, we're getting tantrums more behavior just seems out of the norm we always want to look at it as communication you know what does this mean Mm. and for the little guys of course but even with our elementary age kids they don't have 
all the words and the experiences that we do as adults. And so those behaviors will show up in different ways. And the approach that I always go about it with both parents and teachers is just being curious, right? Like I think we're all super stressed and I want to name that too, that we're certainly not operating at perfection or anywhere near it. So, you know, yeah, (laughs) naming the fact that we are going to be stressed and we're going to have reactions, of course, that we regret too, but then that's okay because repairing relationships sometimes has more power than not having opportunities to repair, if that makes sense. So, Mm. so it's okay to mess up as long as we get those chances to apologize, but being curious when those behaviors are coming up that aren't what you expect them to be and approaching them with calm, nurturing and consistent reactions, you know, exploring what's going on underneath that and trying to give skills, you know, trying to find different ways. Yeah. Cause I know in general, if some, as a nanny, it feels like it's your job. If a kid is having a meltdown to correct the behavior, especially if parents are watching, (laughs) Um, but what are some of the ways you would do, you would like, what are some of the tools you would implement? If you're seeing, if you understand kind of why what's happening is happening. And I know the parents obviously know their children very well and also understand that everyone's under a lot of stress, but Mm -hmm. what would you, what would you do? What what are some tools? Yeah. So when I was thinking about this, I was trying to break it, you know, break this down in a way that feels like simple is certainly not the word, but a simpler way to remember this to help kind of just give us a blueprint of how to best go about behaviors, especially right now during a collective trauma. And we call these the five C's. Um, One of my previous jobs was working as a trauma consultant in in schools. So we would talk about this with teachers, but I feel this is super relevant across all environments. And so breaking these five C's down, the first one's connection, the most important, and I'll go into these more, but connection, coping, consistency, control and competency and Mm. what we know about brain science and what we know about trauma too are that these are the major buffers to resilience from trauma so if we have these things in place in various ways and however it's unique and relevant to our families and our homes and our schools whatever it might look like we know that these provide buffers for the brain we know that this supports the brain as it tries to navigate its way through super unpredictable uncertain unknown stressful times so I can break these down a little bit too because this looks yeah, different a- across the board. But connection, we all know what that is. And sometimes it feels too simple, but it is the most important thing that we can ever ask for in this time. You know, relationships are the things that heal us in trauma, especially as trauma is unfolding. So maintaining that connection as much as we possibly can, having those moments to have, you know, nurturing responses even in those moments of, you know, meltdowns and consequences. And I'll talk Mm. more about consequences too, because those are always necessary still too. Um, But connection is number one, first and foremost. And the second thing is coping, which I think is, is pretty, pretty dang close to being number one too. And that's just being able to manage what's happening. And as I was saying before, sometimes us as adults really struggle (laughs) to even cope right now. (laughs) You know, I was not, doing well and didn't feel like I was in any place to really be supporting people for the first few months of this pandemic but I had to do my I had to really nail down my own coping skills as much as I could mm. to figure this out and you know with kiddos too one of the biggest things is emotional expression so 
one of the leading child psychologists, Dr. Dan Siegel, says simply, you know, name it to tame it. Mm. Most kids really don't have words to explain the emotions that they're feeling right now. So really working with kiddos, too, and expanding their emotional vocabulary to understand what's going on. How are you feeling? What are you feeling right now? And there's there's a sense of control simply in being able to name what it is that we're going through. And, you know, finding those coping skills that work. Deep breathing, as simple and silly as it seems, is one of the most important things that we can be doing. Deep, intentional breathing. With kiddos, we always talk about belly breaths, which really helps our diaphragm actually breathe the way we need it to, to help regulate our nervous system. And with little kids, even with older kids, if they're willing to do it, you know, laying on our backs and putting a stuffed animal or something on our belly and just trying to breathe three deep breaths and watch that stuffed animal go up and down, oh, up I and love down. That. That's a great thing to do at nighttime too, to help with sleep. But you got us that book when we were in Portland together. You actually bought Lenny a book called Breathe Like a Bear. Yeah, exactly. Been, he loves to take deep breaths with me now. So that's awesome. a great resource. Awesome. And we'll share more resources, everything that Jamie's saying will be shared later. But yes, yes. Continue. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> and one of the things, too, that I was going to say with coping skills, too, it's super important to practice those before we're in a heightened state, too, because then we can't pull mm-hmm. on it. Right. Because when we're in that heightened state, our our frontal lobe of our brain, which is what we need to be rational and think clearly and all those pieces, it's gone. Like our lower brain takes over, which is just filled with all the emotions and the stress and all those pieces. So when we're in that state, we can't learn. So it's really Mm. important that we're learning these coping skills and practicing them when we're in a calm, regulated state, when our kind of frontal lobe is online. So, So that way, when we are in those, you know, heightened moments, tantrums, anger, sadness, whatever it might be, we can remember to pull on some of those coping skills. So, you know, knowing your families, knowing knowing the kids that you work with too, you'll know what what works and what doesn't work and finding different things. Another super important thing is moving our body. Trauma and stress lives in our body. And we're actually the only animals on this planet that don't have a natural trauma uh, physical response. You know, you see animals in nature, they mm. shake, they run. They get all of that trauma out of their bodies, and we're the only ones that don't do that all the time. Wow. You know, for usually for societal reasons, because we can't just run and shake and dance our body yeah. in the middle of a stressful That's moment. Yep. So, you know, if it's if exercise is something that your families enjoy doing, trying to find ways that that gets built into the day. If dancing is something, you know, scheduling a daily dance party is, again, as silly as it seems, actually has a pretty big physiological impact to move all this stress out of our bodies. So that's the coping one. Um, And then done to consistency, which is super important, which I'm sure everyone is definitely seeing and understanding because our our days just look so different. We don't have structure anymore. We don't have the same routines anymore. We don't have the same, you know, at 8 o'clock, this is what we do, and then we get in the car and we go here. That's, That's all... For the most part, I'm sure there are some families that have been able to maintain some of that, but overall that's gone. And that's another big piece of trauma is not having predictable things to look to, to know Mm. what's going to happen next. So finding ways to add that consistency, structure, routines, and rituals are so important. And again, I say that with the flexibility that we all need, that we're all not doing super great. So it's okay if we're not following that to a T and we don't need to make that too overstructured. Yeah. But having, you know, having something 
in the morning we always all come downstairs together and we still have our breakfast together you know and and for kiddos too it can be helpful to have a schedule up around the day that again just can be kind of loose you know at 10 o'clock we do this lesson at 11 o'clock we're gonna go outside and just run around for a little bit but that way when kids can see it that can that structure can be really calming during times of stress and kids especially younger ones or those who are anxious benefit from knowing what's going to happen and when so Mm. it adds that makes a lot of sense yeah and it just adds control again into a time that we know doesn't have a lot of control right now and then yeah and then that one of course brings us to the fourth one which is control so this one's i won't go too deep into this because i think it has a lot to do with consistency but we lose control in trauma. We don't know what's going to come. We're hypervigilant all the time. So the more that we can just add in more ways to predict what's going to happen, the more that our brain can kind of settle down and not mm. be over anxious, not be as on alert and can allow ourselves to be, again, like put that prefrontal cortex back on, turn our frontal lobe back online so that we can learn, so that we can be calm, so that we can think through things and feel like we have a bit more control in our day-to-day. Yeah, oh, that's huge. Yeah, and our last one is just competency. You know, feeling like we have something to feel good at. It changes our perspective, our sense of agency. Um, It's an antidote to helplessness, which is another major player in trauma. Mm -hmm. And those can be super small things too, right? Like you rock at making whatever it is but finding those little things too and just finding finding small successes and celebrating those no matter how small yeah you know so those those really kind of are the the five c's to break it down i think the first three are the most important connection coping and consistency and then control and competency in there however we can just build those in but those yeah. we really know those to be the big buffers to times of stress transitions traumas and finding and essentially just planning our strategies, planning our action steps from those yeah. five pieces can really remedy us in more severe situations down the road. That's awesome. Yeah, those are that's so useful. And I'm feeling right now some small glimmers of hope that things are going to slowly return to whatever normal looks like i hope so who knows i i feel like we're always going to be shaken by this especially you know and kids living through it in different ways lenny's too young to have words for what's going on i have no idea how this will affect him either yep but in in your experience what does recovery from trauma look like and how can do you just keep practicing these five c's to Mm -hmm help through recovery or do you have any additional advice for seeing kids through the other side of this yeah that's a great question i mean i think recovery is definitely it's so unique case by case i guess or you know like what it can really look like but i think you know with the five c's when we talk about this this isn't just about trauma you know these are these are things that help us every single one of us throughout our lives. And so I think maintaining these in some way just helps us feel more successful, feel more calm, feel more grounded, feel more capable. That if these are just the, you know, the way we kind of live and we just think about these things throughout whatever, you know, things that we're we're thinking about or planning or almost using as our north star with things, I think that these are 
these are long term and I don't think that means that trauma recovery necessarily needs to be long term but I think mm. we know that this will be a massive buffer to resilience across the board you know we're always going to have stressful things happening there's always going to be things that come up as our elementary school kiddos move into middle school you know all these other just life stressors that will pop up (laughs) and adding a national international what's the word (laughs) worldwide pandemic on top of a massive racial reckoning that our country is finally mm-hmm. coming to on top of insurrections happening across our government. You know, all of these things are yeah. just extra stressors Record on top of employment. Yeah. 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 And the day to day of just not knowing what's going to happen with COVID. You know, we're all in this state of hypervigilance right now. And yeah. on that note, too, of just, you know, these five C's, as we were talking about, they're not just for the kids. They're for us, too, as as adults, as fellow humans trying to navigate something we've never experienced before is we're not at great capacity right now too and it's we can only do so much when when we're only able to show up a certain way so using these five c's for ourselves too even if we think we're doing kind of okay I don't think any of us are (laughs) I think even even for those of us that have been super lucky and privileged to you know have roofs over our heads and jobs to still go to we're still impacted by this too yeah. so finding finding how those five c's can support you in your life too is really important you know and and knowing as you were saying recovery this is going to be a long haul i think there's been a lot of articles recently coming out that you know the mental health crisis of covid is going to be the next wave long after mm-hmm. the vaccines are implemented so just being mindful of that when things are popping up and we're wondering where are these coming from we're done we're back to school we're all good to know that there's a good chance that this kind of stuff will pop up later on yeah yeah it's funny when you mentioned regression too i can think of some of my own behavior where oh, i definitely yeah. re- regressed in a lot of ways i'm like who am i three am i an emotional three-year-old <laughs> yes i am what does this what does this moment remind me of oh yeah when yeah. i was 10 in that fight with my dad <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it is, you know, and just I think there's such power in normalizing things too, not to like excuse our behaviors, but to make us not feel like we're just completely losing it. That yeah. this is, you know, these are all normal responses that we're all having to an abnormal experience. And that's yeah. that's really what trauma is. Like all the behaviors, all the things that we do are normal responses to an abnormal experience and we're Mm. all doing the best that we can and and being aware of what's going on being able to name what's going on yeah I guess that's a huge piece as a child care provider also or a mom in my case right now is just not taking some of these behaviors personally yeah whether it's your child regressing or your husband regressing (laughs) yourself yourself regressing (laughs) yeah yeah yes 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 absolutely I mean that's that you nailed it that's one of the biggest things as hard as it is not to take some of these behaviors personally especially when you have a little one or it's a kid that you've worked with for years and now it feels like something is just harder or the relationship is harder is to just know and trust that it is not the relationship and i know of course there can be parts of that but for the most part it's the experiences it's the stressors around us it's the ways that our brain is trying to make sense of the world in a time that we've never been in before and again, for kids, there's we, we know this and I know all 
all of the nannies that you have on your team know this, that our kids are experiencing something that they've never been through before in terms of just what social connection looks like in terms of just I mean, social connection is huge. It's huge. It's how we learn how to, so many of those five C's, right? Coping and competency and a sense of belonging and all these things are just, they've all been thrown to the wind right now. And we're all trying to wrestle. That will affect some of these really young kids that were even born during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Lenny was exposed to so many different people and so many different experiences as a really young child. And then my niece who was born in the beginning of the pandemic has not seen another face besides her parents. Oh my God. (laughs) It's just interesting to see how that will play out too. But absolutely. 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 You know, and it's, and it's not to catastrophize everything that's going on, but I think it is important that we just recognize it because, you know, again, kids are, incredibly resilient they are so resilient and they can just be more resilient with some of these extra lenses that we can view things through you know viewing behaviors through and responses to and how we kind of show up and and knowing also i think another really big one too especially with coping is is modeling that coping back to our kids Mm. you know to show i love that i'm super frustrated right now i'm gonna take three deep breaths I'm super frustrated yeah. now. I'm going to go and just take a break, you know, and go in my room for five minutes and come back out. All of those things can sometimes be even more impactful than teaching that directly to kids because they start to watch us doing these oh, things. Oh, yeah. That's and, huge. That's great. Yeah. And it helps Yeah, I remember us. once I felt really guilty about freaking out in front of Lenny or getting in a huge argument with Wes in front of him. Mm-hmm. And my shrink, Nancy, said... It's really good to see let allow kids to see you unravel as long as they see you come back. Exactly. Exactly. And there's so much power in that. And then, you know, in that same way too, I love I love that she said that with with apologizing, right? Like we're gonna yeah. break. We're gonna do things that we wish that we didn't do. We're gonna say things we wish we didn't say. And the ability to come back and apologize and say this, you know, Mm. I was really frustrated and I did this. It wasn't okay, And I'm going to try to pay more attention to this next time. You know, there's there's so much power in repair. And so having and as I was saying before, sometimes there's more that can come from that than if nothing happened. That makes sense. Mm. You know, like being able to go through that because that's real life, too, is is being able to see what happens when we can mess up and then we can come back and we can repair that relationship so that's beautiful yeah well thank you so much jamie this is amazing yeah we could talk about it for an hour and a half but yeah trying to keep these (laughs) bite-sized yes yes these are perfect and jamie's been so generous too in sharing your resources with us and i know for me having tools gives me a sense of control so yes yes exactly. if you're like me also jamie has uh you want to talk about some of the resources just super briefly that you've shared with us and you can find these on our blog that accompanies this podcast Yes, definitely. One, I'm going to send Brandy a big list of some of these things, including some actual handouts or things that you can use in the home. But one quick one that I just want to plug to is the Child Mind Institute is one of my Mm. favorite resources. Um, They're online and they have articles that come out all the time, especially with, you know, relevant things. So not just, I mean, tons and tons and tons of stuff about COVID and just general, you know, child health, mental health. But even as things pop up, you know, as the 
protests were going on over the summer, having conversations about how do you talk to your child about race? You know, all of these things that are super relevant with the insurrection. How do I talk to my child about what's going on in the news? And they're also offered in Spanish, too. So I love that's great. I love that website. Dr. Dan Siegel is somebody who had mentioned before, too, and he's phenomenal. There is so many books out there that he and Dr. Tina Bryson have written, but his website is great. And I'll, I'll list a few books of his that I love. And of course, good old social media has some great things, too, for easy bite-sized stuff. Big Little Feelings, which I know Brandy loves, love is them. a fantastic page. Curious Parenting is another one of my favorites, and it's Curious Period Parenting. But they're really great, and they do a lot of stuff about kind of reframing. Like, instead of saying this, try saying this. And it all looks at things, again, with that kind of trauma trauma lens to help mm. help make those experiences go a little differently. And, and I'll list a few more on the blog, too. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you guys so much. It's been so, much. so useful. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for spreading as much as we can to support the families that all of your nannies work with and and keep ourselves as good as we can yeah we're all in it together super hard time (laughs) absolutely thank you guys for doing all you're doing all right thank you jamie bye thanks brandy bye thanks for listening for more visit us at adventurenannies.com or find us on instagram and facebook To send us love letters, questions, or ideas for future episodes, email us at podcast at adventurenannies.com. Bye.